All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Light It Up, a podcast all about sport and faith. My name is Jess, and I'm your host, and I'm really excited because today we are joined by another very special guest. Today we're joined by a dear friend. We have Tim with us today. Tim, hey guys. what's up? How's it going? What's up? Um, it's going really good. I love really to hear good. that. Okay, yes. what's really good? Yeah. Uh, what's really good? Yeah. Um, I'm going on a mission trip to New Zealand in about two weeks. That's so soon. And I am excited. I get to go with my rowdy friends and tell <laughs> people about Jesus and surf and serve wherever we're needed on I the love road. It. And so we're excited. I can't so, believe it's almost December. Yeah, it's almost December. It's crazy. These last few weeks have been nuts. Um, published a book, going to New Zealand, you know, like, yep, plug. But <laughs> yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. So, I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, for anyone who doesn't know Tim, um, Tim is, he's an adventurous guy, probably one of the most adventurous people I've ever met, if I'm being honest. Um, he is, I would say he's a missionary, he's a teacher, mm -hmm. he's a preacher, um, he's also a surfer, so a little bit of a different type of athlete than we're used to on here, but definitely still a sport nonetheless. Yep. Um, and like you said, he's also an author, so I'm holding his book right here. Yeah. It's called Saturday Morning Cartoons, and it says Finding Hope in Every Episode of Life. So I would just a little plug for him because it is a great book. I was reading <laughs> a bunch you. of it this morning. And it's just it's an awesome story of a lot of stories from Tim's life and how that applies to like a lot of really real world things that we need to deal with. Mm. And it's just about bringing hope into situations. It's a light and fun read while there's also so much hope and truth. Mm -hmm. So you can get it off of Amazon. Again, it's Saturday Morning Cartoons by Tim Woodworth. So yep. check it out. If you have any questions, you can message me and I'll let you know. But definitely support him because it's a great book. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Of course. You, of course. you said it beautifully. I mean, yeah, I wrote the book. It's about hope. And I wrote it because there was a, um, a friend of mine when I was a senior in college who I heard from through another friend that he tried to take his own life. Mm. And I, I wasn't okay with that. So I just got the words from the book as a response to it. I got really mad at the enemy mm. I just found myself typing you know <laughs> it's kind of like my response to it and so but ultimately it turned into this um more so than um me being mad at the enemy it turned into a hope project mm. and so yeah and now it is what it is today I love so. that that's honestly such a message that our world needs it's just like hope mm -hmm. because so many people feel hopeless so yeah. I love that that's a message that you're really trying to get across to people um, but okay, so something that's been really cool about this podcasting experience so far, I didn't intentionally mean for this to happen, but what's kind of been happening is we've been starting every episode just hearing people's stories. Mm -hmm. And I love that because in Revelation, like it talks about how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. And I know I personally have been really, really encouraged by everyone's testimonies that I've heard so far. And I know you have a wild one. <laughs> so yeah. Tim, take it's us a little bit story. through your story about your faith and about your sport, how you got into surfing and what that's mm -hmm. looked like for you and how that's impacted your faith. Yeah. Well, I have only been surfing for about two years, but before that I was a skater mm -hmm. and, um, really into like the downhill longboarding scene, tech sliding. Stuff I was like reading that. about that in your book. I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to like, like, um, what's the, what's the phrase? I'm you not going to lie, but I, I wasn't that great at it. I just, my friends and I, we would just see a hill. We'd be like, yeah, we could probably do that. And we would just go for it. We'd probably fall. But like, it was just part of the thrill and part of the adventure. But I grew up in Southern California um, until about fifth grade. My parents got divorced. Um, there was an affair. My mom took us, uh, my, my mom took my sister and I to go live with my uncle for like about a year in La Puente, California. 
this is southern like near pasadena and then after that year i was like i i would sleep in the hallway i would sleep like wherever there was space for me at my cousin's house we moved to seattle washington a little town called silverdale and i remember being um introduced to my aunts and like i I probably met her before when I was a baby, but like, you know, you re-meet people. Mm-hmm. So for, in my head, for the first time meeting my aunt and my uncle and living with them, but being thrown into a new world where all of a sudden I'm forced to go to this Catholic church. So I grew up not going to church hmm. in California. I didn't go to church ever. It just wasn't a part of our uh, family uh, weekly rhythm. It just never happened. Um, we'd go maybe on Easter, maybe, um, not even on Christmas, but... I remember now all of a sudden I'm going to Sunday school. I'm attending mass every week and I have to do these things called sacraments. It's like (laughs) classes and like, uh, hear my heart. I'm like, I'm never going to dog on the Catholic church. Um, there's lots of great things that the Catholic church is doing in the world. You know, it just, I don't know if I resonate with, um, how they do with, with most of their beliefs, Right. you know, but I will say same team. Uh, but I remember I didn't like it. I didn't like, I was forced to go. And if you've ever been forced to go to church, it's just like, one, you don't like being forced to go yep. and people don't like forcing you to go. So yep. it's just like an unpleasant experience for everybody. Yep. You know? Literally all parties and involved. So, like, all parties involved. Nobody likes it. So stop forcing people. Like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I remember I was a kid though. I was forced to go and I went through all these sacraments and I did it. And I was like, you know what? Like, they said I can get a heavenly father and that's just something that I don't have. I don't have a father. Mm-hmm. And so I worked really hard. Hmm. Like what are we taught in our American culture? You work really hard yep. to earn what you get, which yep. not is not necessarily a bad thing. But when you start to learn about grace hmm. and you're introduced to the gospel, sometimes it doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember I, I did everything. And I, I did the fi- I did the first communion. I did the Eucharist. I, I got confirmed, and now you're seen as a member of the Catholic Church. Mm. And nothing happened. I didn't. I didn't feel any closer to God. Mm. I didn't feel like I had a heavenly Father. Um, if anything, it was kind of just like I did all this work for nothing. And um, so I just dove myself into whatever I could put my hands on, you know. Mm. So like at the time, it was like all my cousins in Seattle were skaters they were in gangs and i mean as much of a gang as you can be in as an eighth grader (laughs) you know so lots of street fights drugs stuff like that girls and i was around it all the time but i never engaged because i was too scared of my filipino mom Hmm. but through it all i picked up skateboarding and skateboarding was a thing that um i just fell in love with right Hmm. out of the gate i don't know what it was but i'd fall all the time i'd get back up and i'd fall and i'd get back up and i'd fall and like and then i'd try and like learn a new trick and i would get it and i was like i really like this and then all of a sudden just because i picked up a skateboard i had community yep i had friends yep and uh, but at the time it, it wasn't the right crew for me and i didn't know that yet i was still trying to figure out who i was i was trying to figure out um where my place in this crazy world was i didn't know who i was Mm -hmm. and i remember i got invited to this winter camp and i didn't want to go because i'm from (laughs) remember i'm from southern california like i don't want to go to this winter camp (laughs) it sounds cold and weird (laughs) and wet and i don't want to do it you know and i i remember uh, my mom forced me to go to this new church where i got invited to go to youth group then i got invited to go to this winter camp and this girl said she said hey tim you should come to winter camp and i was like i don't want to go she said no you don't understand there's going to be food and there's going to be girls (laughs) 
that was it. So you. I was like, I'm there. And so I signed up and now I'm ready. And so um, I remember I showed up. There was food. There were girls. And like, yes, that was a small part of winter camp. And that was what got me there. But that's all I knew that there was to look forward to. Because mm. I didn't experience the goodness and the grace of God yet. And here I am, this freshman boy. I don't know who I am. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it looks like to like have a dad or be loved or have. Um, sorry, not be loved, but like have have like a fatherly love in my life. Yeah. To like have a father figure look at me and say like I love you and I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Never had that. And I remember there was this pastor who came up and preached a message about how God loves me more than he loves the stars. And I was a total ash, like a like, um, star nerd. Like I love planets, stuff like that. Like astrology, like is it astronomy? Astrology. Astronomy. Uh, wait, I think it's both. I think there's one that's bad and one that's like a study. But like, like stars and planets. Yeah, I astro- love yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, I love it. And um, I remember just like that blew my mind. Hmm. And he's like, no, God's actually jealous of the things that you put your attention towards that aren't him. And I just lost it. I fell to my knees. I cried. Mm-hmm. I said yes. And I let Jesus into my heart. Mm-hmm. And then I got baptized later that summer. Wow. And then I was on fire. And I'm, now I'm working towards, you know, like, um, I'm just serving. Like, when you say yes to Jesus, you get baptized. I have, you know, I was a youth pastor for a few years. Students would come up to me like, I want to go deeper in my faith. I'd say, okay, let's get you serving somewhere on a mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. You know, put your hands to it. So I served on the kids' dance team. <laughs> you know, and all this whole time, I'm still longboarding. I'm still skateboarding, <laughs> you know, and it's a huge part of my life. And all of a sudden, I have people in my life now that longboard and skate. But this new crew that I'm running with, they're encouraging me. Hmm. And they're making sure I'm in my word. And they're making sure I'm praying and going to Sunday, like Sunday service and youth and like all these things. Right. There's accountability. There's accountability. And there's like this new crew and like, we're all doing life and serving together. And I'm just like, wow. And then I got into parkour. Oh, you did parkour? I did parkour. I did not know that. Yeah. This is so fun. So I did parkour for a long time. You need to teach you some tricks. Yeah, I will. I don't, I actually don't think you ever graduate. Like once you learn it, it's like, you'll never unlearn like riding a bike, you know? So So I remember my friends and I, we'd get on these rooftops and we would like, trespass that was like that was my bad thing that i did like you know how like all of us like there's a point like before jesus or you did this or something like my thing was i would trespass all the i would trespass all the time like we would sneak out yeah oh yeah read the book and you will hear all of tim's crazy stories about how he sneaks out all the time like i'd never sneak out of my mom's house so it'd always be my friend's mom's (laughs) house because i'm too scared again too scared of my mom but um yeah i remember we'd run on rooftops and we would jump these roof gaps and we would just do these crazy rowdy things together and then we found out that there's a way that you can do that like you can do this for jesus and i was Mm. like what are you talking about i joined a parkour bible study Hmm. I didn't know that that was a thing. And then from there, I started my own. And now I'm taking students with me, you know. And, uh, and then one, one day I got invited to go to a mission trip to Mexico for 10 days, my junior year. And like, Tim, like, we need you on the kids' dance team. We're, they're going to play soccer. And we're going to – and, like, if you want, you can do parkour. And I was like, awesome. And so I remember I showed up and we played soccer with these kids. Hmm. Like, showed up with soccer balls. All of a sudden you have friends. Oh yeah, you know, sport will just bring people together. So it's like, what is what is this thing about sports that brings people together? What is this thing about 
the gospel that brings people together. Mm-hmm. And so I, we, we would do that. We'd minister to kids. And I remember the next year I got invited to go back um, for a month this time. And I was like, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. So I started fundraising. When I say I started fundraising, my mom fundraised because I was like this punk senior in high school. Uh, what was I worried about? I was worried about like my girlfriend at the time and I was worried about skateboarding and prom and like all these things, you know, like all the things, that all like the things, you know, I was the captain be, yeah. of the cross country team, you know, like I did high jump, like all these sports like i was just like so focused on it and so my mom fundraised so she baked cookies and we would sell them (laughs) she would call our family our friends and um i remember i got there my mom fundraised enough money for me to go to mexico for Mm. one month my senior year so i graduated and then the next like the next few hours like i didn't go to grad night there's no grad party i literally graduated went home changed grabbed my bag and then a few hours later i was at the airport taking a red eye to Mexico <laughs> supposed to be there for a month day one kids ministry day two prison ministry day three I get a call and I got I got a call and it was um it was my sister mm-hmm. and she's like hey like mom is going to the hospital can you call the hospital I was like oh yeah okay yeah she's like the ambulance just picked her up and I was like okay so I call the hospital and mind you I'm in Mexico so I'm on wi-fi and yeah like, it's just like you know it's spotty it's like this part of the country is like kind of developing still. And so I'm like, it's hard to get a hold of people. So I finally get a hold of people and I put on a hold through like six different people, like through like half an hour. And I remember the sixth person, she sounded a lot nicer than the other people. And she's like, Hey Tim, like I heard that you're on a mission trip. Can I talk to your leader? And I was like, yeah. And so I hand the phone to my leader and my leader told me that my mom passed away at 12:34 that day like in the ambulance on the way to the hospital oh my and goodness. they spent this whole time trying to figure out how to tell me and so like i remember i just like collapsed and i like was like pinching myself and i was beating this towel floor cuz i thought i thought it was a nightmare i thought it was a dream and i was like wake up like yeah. you know and like but no yeah. like i had bloody knuckles and it just felt shell shocked that's my mom it's my whole world you know, I was 17 years old. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there because I I'm sh- I have a question for you in this. So yeah. you talked about a little bit earlier in your story about how um, you didn't have that dad figure, mm-hmm. and then you came to know the Lord. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, like God is seen as our Father, and is a better Father than any earthly father ever could be. Like our earthly fathers have fallen short, but God never does. So you didn't have this father figure and then now your mom passes away. And so what was that like for you as a 17 year old who now doesn't really have an earthly parental figure in their life anymore? Well, I had to grow up hmm. in about a day. I yeah. remember I, I went home and my whole church surrounded my sister and I, hmm. and you know, my cousins, they, they all fly up like a small army of our, Filipino family fly up from California and we couldn't stay at my house because the door was kicked in like the EMTs kicked in the door and so there was no there was no door right I'm like we can't stay here there's caution tape there's a police line it was crazy Hmm. and I remember not knowing where to go what to do and I got a call a family in our church opened up their home to my family and I wow 
like they're on a vacation and they said, yeah, they can use our house. Wow. And then my mom's small group came in and filled the fridge. Oh my God. Like with food. And so for me and my 13 cousins and my aunties and my <laughs> uncles and my sister. And when I didn't have an earthly father and now I don't have an earthly mom, God sent more. Hmm. Wow. When you are a part of the church, you have so many Hmm. moms and so many dads Mm -hmm. that the Lord will send you. And I remember there's so many times in my life too, where like, I just need motherly love. That's like not a thing that I could just get. Yeah. You know, like most people can just call their mom. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I couldn't walk downstairs and like she wouldn't, she was not there. She would, no one was making breakfast because my mom was like dead. Like, and then my father, my, my father, he came back, he, um, moved back with my little brother now. So now it's like, instead of a house where it's my mom, my, me and my little sister, it's my dad, me, my little sister, and now my little brother Mm. and everything changed. And I remember I grew up really fast I had to go get a job. My first job was at Michael's arts and crafts. (laughs) It's where my mom used to work. She was a framing manager and my time there. I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be. Um, and if you walk into any Michael's Arts and Crafts, that's what my mom smells like. Aw, wow. You know that, that weird scent, like that Michael's Arts and Crafts scent? It's like plastic flowers, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, and like craft, in glitter. Just craft store. Craft yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. That's what my mom smells like. Wow. And so anytime I walk into a Michael's Arts and Crafts, like I just get, a, I just get a, like a, an, an aroma of my mm. mom. Wow, that's special. It is special, and I, I re- I'm really appreciative that Michael. I don't know what it is about Michael's Arts and Crafts, but they just keep the scent going. And I'm just, like, I'm just appreciative. <laughs> they're consistent. Yeah, they're consistent. <laughs> but I remember, like, my few months working there is my first job. I was a cashier, mm-hmm. and it was healing. Mm-hmm. It was healing for me, and it was healing for my mom's coworkers. And so, I mean, to answer your question, like, what, what was it like? It was different. Right. It was. It was different now. It was hard, and it was hard. It wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, because like people come into your life and they'll offer, you know, like so many people came in my life, like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, thank you. You know, but right. how do you believe them mm-hmm. you know, when they don't know what you're going through? Mm-hmm. You know, and then um, a year later, I got married and that was crazy. It was like, um, there's this, this girl I met when I was 15. And I'll never talk bad about her, but like, there's this one day, like seven years after we got married where she just came in she was like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Mm. So we had like seven great years of marriage and then it just came to a rushing halt. And by now I'm a youth pastor. I'd gone to college. I had got my master's degree in ministry with um, an emphasis in mental health. And so like that's what I cared about when I was a youth pastor. And I'm on staff with the same church that was there for me when my mom died. Mm. But now I'm like, I'm going to get fired you know, and I don't know what to do. And I remember going to my pastors and telling them what happened. And and the reason I'm telling you this is because it's getting to the part where it's like I get introduced to surfing. Right. And I remember like just sitting in a room just like with all of them in a circle table like this, like I don't know what to do. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, what about counseling? And I was like, she said she wants two weeks to think about it. And they're like, because they were willing to pay for counseling. Right. And they said, okay, what are you going to do for two weeks? And I said, I don't know, just work. And they're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no way. And so they said, no, you're going to go on a road trip. 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to go adventure. Wow. And your two jobs are have fun and reconnect with God. Wow. And so I remember I did it. And, and I want to I wanna rush through this story, but like... It's it was just beautiful two weeks of like Seattle to Montana and then Montana to Idaho, Utah, Arizona. Wow, beautiful. Up the California coast. Because <laughs> I mean you go to college and you have friends everywhere. Yeah. And it was just oh man, it was the greatest. And I remember on this trip I learned that the best days of my life are actually ahead of me, hmm. not behind me. Because of who my God is hmm. and his character. Not because of how great I am or what I can achieve or my accolades or who I know it's because my God has the character of a good father, which is why I can like walk as a son. Like I didn't know who I was. I forgot. Mm. And so I remember, I I remembered who I was, figured it out on this trip, came back and she said she wanted to go through with the divorce. And I said, okay, like, I'm not going to participate in this. Like, it's going to be all you. And if this is truly what you want, then I'm going to, I'm going to respect that. I don't agree with it, but I'm going to respect it. And so it happened, but we had, um, like we sold our house. I moved in with some friends and I remember like going back to my pastors, like, I don't, and they said, okay, well, get back to work. Love you. And I was like, what? So I got to keep my job. That's awesome. And they're like, no, of course you get to keep your job. Just, and I, but I asked them, I was like, Hey, take me off the speaking schedule. And they were like, okay, Tim, you're still very much on the team. You just have a broken leg and we're going to help you. Wow. And that was my church. Mm-hmm. This is the same church that was with me when my mom died. They're the church that's with me when my ex left. Mm-hmm. And now they're here with me now. Mm-hmm. And one of those mentors of mine, he looked at me and this is after like a, an amazing summer of ministry. We had almost 60 baptisms. Oh my goodness. He's, I remember the number. It was almost 60. I was like, <laughs> it was 59. I was like, come on, one more. You know it's <laughs> time. Make it even, like, come you know, on. <laughs> but it was 59. And it was beautiful, beautiful mm. summer of ministry. And I remember I got challenged from a mentor of mine to leave. And he was like, Tim, like you're living this safe life. Wow. Where's the skater punk? <laughs> and I was like, what? And like he's like, I just don't see him anymore. Where'd wow. he go? Where's the adventurous kid? Where's mm. that... Um, where's the one who's curious about life, who wanted to go explore, who wanted to see what the world was made of, you know, and where is he? And he'd gotten lost. Mm. And I remember it was because he was like, at what point do you start living a safe life? And I thought about it and it was when my mom passed away. Wow. My mom passed away a year later. I got married. What? Not a bad thing. I just, I got, I started building a home for myself, a safe home. I got a job. Hmm. She got a job. We bought a house I started building this white picket fence around my life, Yeah. which not necessarily, again, my picket fence, that life, the safe life, not necessarily a bad thing. I just didn't know if I was called to it at that time. Right. Like he said, I think there's so much for you than just safe life here. And I was like, man, what did I do before? Oh, before my mom passed away, I was a missionary. And so mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine, she said, Hey, you should come to Hawaii. And I was like, why? She's like, there's a, there's a missions team out here and you'll love them. And I was like, okay. And so I joined, <laughs> um, a crew called surfing the nations. They're a nonprofit humanitarian, um, based in Oahu, Hawaii, but they have bases all over the world mm-hmm. in California and Sri Lanka. Also in Sweden, they do skiing. Wow. That's and, quite another. Yeah. It's awesome. And what their thing is, Um, Their mission statement is impacting communities through training, selfless service, and action sports. Hmm. I got introduced to surfing (laughs) for the first time. So I remember I left this comfortable bubble um, of my hometown. 
and it was scary. It was so scary when I left and it had become just like nest for me. It was very comfortable, very, um, familiar. Like I could walk into target and like, mind you, like I'd spent like however many years of my life here, I could walk into a target not being full of myself. I could walk into target and I would probably know five or six people. Right. Yeah. Just cause like I went to, I went to high school there. Right. You'd built your life there. I, I built my life there. I went to high school there. Uh, part of my college life was there. I was a youth pastor there. You know, I just, I would, I invested in people and families mm-hmm. and like now I'm leaving everything to go to this new place. Um, well to have a new season in an old place, actually, like I met my ex going to Hawaii Oh wow! in the airport. And then now I'm doing missions. The same thing that like I was doing when my mom passed away. So Hawaii doing missions, pain, pain. Why would God have me go there? Yeah. Out of all the places <laughs> to heal. Yeah, exactly. And then I discovered surfing. And surfing is like, if, if y'all don't know about surfing, it's this, this magical, wonderful thing that all forms of boarding originate from. So like skateboarding originates hmm. from surfing. Does it really? Snowboarding originates from I didn't from know surfing. it was the original. That's cool. So, well, they made skateboards because they wanted to surf on concrete. <laughs> Seriously. But that's I understand why, they made why you it. love that's it why so they much made now. It, you know? And so I was like, huh. So I tried it. I was terrible. Hmm. Oh, I was so bad at it. I'd fall off the board. I would, I would nosedive. I would do all these crazy things. And I remember it was so frustrating because I just couldn't get it. And I was like this, I was this longboarder, the skater dude who just couldn't get a hold of the surfing. And I almost mm. quit. Mm. It was like three weeks in. I still hadn't, haven't caught like a wave of my own, which is wild because like usually you can do that on day one or two. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I get this? <laughs> and I remember I was trying so hard. But the moment I let go and I was like, I'm just going to have fun. That's when I got my first wave. <laughs> And it was like, it was so crazy, but yeah. So surfing is like brought me all over the world. I've met so many people, you know, um, I'm sure you have questions about it, but it was, that's how I got introduced to surfing Wow, was like this whole turn of events, like pain, pain, broken, broken, not, Mm. not, not according to plan, not according to plan. And then I got introduced to surfing Hmm. and because of surfing, I've been able to impact so many people in the name of the Lord. Mm. And it's been a crazy, wonderful ride. Wow. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Can we, we could go so many ways with this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. many good things in there. Um, so we'll start with the surfing, and then we might loop back to a few things in your story sure. later. But mm. what's really cool, I think, about what you do is that you use your sport as mm. mission. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of people who in their sport, like they have a mission. So like, for example, let's say you're a hundred meter sprinter. Mm -hmm. You have this mission to achieve this specific time and run it as fast as you possibly can. That's your mission. And you have whatever sport it is, like you can apply that to any sport. You have something that you want to accomplish, but yet what you're doing is you're using this and yeah, you have a mission in what you're doing in surfing. Like you want to catch these waves. You want to learn these new skills, all those things, but yet you're using it for an even greater purpose. So Talk to me a little bit about that and just the beauty that you found in that, because I think it is really easy, especially like if you've done sports your entire life, it's really easy to get wrapped up in the mission of your sport. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, I want to go to the Olympics. And so I'm going to do everything I can to get to the Olympics. And you can forget that there's a bigger mission that you can use your sport for. So talk to me a little bit about what that's been like for you and the beauty that you've seen from using surf, like to combine surfing as a way of bringing the gospel to people. 
Yeah, I mean, well, if with anything, you've, like if it's sports or if it's not sports, you have to ask the question, what's your why? Yeah. And so if the why is to travel, I think you're missing something. If the why is to achieve the perfect wave, I think you're missing something. If the why is to like get a personal record in your 60 meter sprint, like I think you're missing something. Like you have to ask what your why is. And I remember for the longest time, like I didn't know what my calling was, you know, and I have so many students come up to me and they're like, ah, I don't know what to do with my life. The first question I ask them is what breaks your heart? Hmm. What breaks your heart? And usually the first thing that they'll say is like something silly, you know, like, I don't know. Like, oh, it breaks my heart when I see people wear Crocs, you know, I just, <laughs> or like, but I'm like, okay, no, like, let's go deeper. Yeah. Right. It's so like, yeah. what breaks your heart? For me, what breaks my heart is people that don't have hope. Mm. That's my why. So everything that I do is funneled through that one thing, you know, and then people are like, well, what am I supposed to, what's the calling that God's given to me? I'm like, okay, let's just stop right there. Okay. Let's just stop everything. Let's stop romanticizing calling. You're calling is the great commission. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's already written. Yeah. Like I, I had a mentor of mine. I was like, I, I don't know what to do with my life. And she looked at me and she's a sweet old woman <laughs> who doesn't care about your feelings. And I said, I don't know what to do with my life. And she said, Oh my boy, it's already written. Hmm. Wow. That's a powerful like, statement though. And then she pointed me to that scripture. And so everything you do needs to be filtered through that. So whether it's surfing or sprinting or skateboarding or jumping or playing soccer, football or whatever it is, is it about you and your glory or is it all for him? Mm. And I think that is the main difference that we see. Like it's flesh versus spirit. Right. That's so good. So, but with that, Mm -hmm. I think it's, again, it's really, really easy to get wrapped up in like the, the time or the goal or the the title or whatever. And so to some people, like their answer to like, is that enough? They'd be like, well, that is a good why. Like me wanting to win the Olympics is a good why me wanting to win the Super Bowl, me wanting to get drafted in the NFL. That is a good goal. Mm -hmm. And like, I, that can be my why. So what would you say to those people? What happens when it doesn't happen? Or let's like, okay, let's, let's be nicer. What happens if it doesn't happen? Yeah. Will you be okay? If the answer is no, sorry, it's become an idol. Hmm. Define an idol. Well, an idol is anything that you put in the place of God. So God isn't a suggestion. God's a monarch. Okay. Like Jesus, Jesus isn't some, some keychain that you can accessorize and take on or off whenever you so please. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is like the king. He's seated at the right hand of the father. Like when I think the problem with um, with society, I think not even just today, but even if you go all the way back to like Rome, is that there people think there's like, oh, there's so many wonderful options why would I choose Jesus when he's the hardest one? Like, I can't do what I want. You know, I can't, I can't do what I want when I want with who I want. I can't, um, 
do this thing for me. I can't live how I want to. It's all about me, 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 you know? And I think the thing that we need to realize is if you're going to consider Jesus, you have to consider that he's a monarch, that he's a king Mm -hmm. and that his way, because he's sovereign is the best way. Jesus said, there's no other way to the father except through me. Yeah. Right. And so, if our goal is to be an Olympian, that's awesome. Do it. Mm-hmm. Be an Olympian. But do it for the glory of God. Yeah. Not for your glory. Yeah. Man, you're a vapor. You know, because all this, like, I, I think I heard somebody say, like, you can climb the ladder as high as you want, but it doesn't matter if the ladder is on the wrong wall. Whoa. You that's know, like, good. it just doesn't matter, you know? And so, like, my thing is like, dude, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Hmm. That's scripture. Yeah. What, whatever you do, yeah. whether you're eating, coming or going, do it unto the Lord. Yeah. And so when it comes to surfing and like, there's a whole culture of surf, travel, photography, adventure. <laughs> yeah. There's this whole subculture that yeah. people don't know about. Um, but then the second you get immersed in it, you're like, I can't seem to want to leave because it's the best. Yeah. The thing is that can turn arrows in so quick mm-hmm. and it can turn, it can turn arrows in so quick and it can become all about you and your next trip and, um, all oh, the sick wave that you got, bro. And like, you, it can turn into like all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. But, but if you go in the name of the Lord so that people could, would know him, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden things make sense. You know, like I have a mentor in, um, in Hawaii. His name's Tom. And he said when he started surfing the nations, it was he would take a National Geographic book, put it on the table. Okay. Then he took a surf magazine, put it on the table. And he took a Bible and he put it on the table, all on top of each other in that order. So the Bible on top. Mm-hmm. He said, then it made sense. Hmm. Interesting. Then it made sense because. I'm to preach his word to all these people. That's awesome. But people don't understand that God's fun. Hmm. And preach that he's it. given you <laughs> gifts for a reason. And he's given you passions for a reason, not an accident. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just makes me feel a certain way when people use God and boring, like they're synonyms, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, you don't understand the adventure that God's calling you to. Yeah. You know, so when you have these things all on top of you, like the Bible on top, then the surf magazine, then national geographic, then it made sense. And surfing the nations was born. And so, like I said, go impact communities through training, selfless service and action sports. All of a sudden, when you show up somewhere with a surfboard, you have friends. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian going to a Muslim nation. They don't care. Yeah. You have a surfboard, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like the people at the border they ask, why are you here? You know, and like, if it's a Muslim nation, you know, they're not, you're like, I'm a missionary. Like, get out of my country, you know? Because <laughs> truly, like, truly, like, and I, I, I think missions have, when people hear the word missions or evangelism, there's almost always a sh- like a sour taste. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Yep. Um, I think there was even a study, this was before COVID in 2019, there was a study I'll send you the actual study. You can link it. Yeah. Um, where it was like, I think it was over 50% of Christians, Christians, Jesus followers, churchgoers, believed evangelism was wrong. 
That's crazy. What? Mm. So I, I, what I'm, what I think they're talking about is forcing your religion on someone. Yeah. And so like our thing, when we go to an, a different nation or a different country and we bring surfboards and we bring Bibles and we do this thing, it's not our job to force Jesus on anybody. Mm-hmm. It's our job to love them and tell them the good news. Yeah. We're just messengers yep. with surfer, with surfboards. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And that's our job. And all of a sudden it takes a lot of pressure off of you as a missionary mm-hmm. to what perform as if your effort had some, <laughs> had some, um, impact on this person's salvation. Mm-hmm. No, not your effort. Your obedience mm-hmm. had effort on their, on whether or not they heard the gospel. Cause when God says go, what are you going to do? Dang. When God says speak, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And, the cool thing is like, can God do it without you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he absolutely can do it without you. Does yeah. he want to do it with you because mm-hmm. he likes being with you? Absolutely. Yeah. I heard, yeah. a um, the, there's this thing called the fellowship of Christian athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, are you aware? Like, yeah, so yeah, like, FCA, so yeah. there's one in, yeah, FCA, there's one in, um, Oahu mm-hmm. and the guy that runs it, he came and he spoke at surfers church, which is like our, <laughs> yeah, I know it's awesome. It's, uh, Saturday nights, um, Saturday nights on Oahu, seven fifteen. <laughs> yeah, Surfers church. So many people from Hawaii. Yeah. And so if you're ever going through, it's the best, um, just, it's worship and preaching, for, preaching of the word and community. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. He came and he spoke one time and he told a story about, uh, a father that wanted to build a house with his, uh, son but the son's like what like four or five but they're gonna build a tree house together (laughs) and so the father gets all the supplies he gets all the tools ready and the son just shows up (laughs) he just walks out of bed and he goes to the yard and the father's already building he started already but he's like hey hey hey, pass me this thing he doesn't need the son Mm -hmm. what can the son do really yeah but he wants the son to be there because he wants to get to know the son Mm -hmm. and he wants the son to get to know him and missions, it's just building a tree house with dad. Mm. Wow. That's all it is. But here's the thing. When dad goes inside for some lemonade or whatever, like he leaves the project. Don't try and build the tree house without dad. Mm. Don't try to build a tree house without God. Wow. You know, and that's where like you get hurt. Like this four-year-old kid, what's he going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's such that. a, such a exaggerated picture of us and our relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. You know, so when God says go, I hope your answer is yes. Mm. And when God says speak up, I hope you speak up. Or when God says shut up, <laughs> I hope you, I hope you be quiet. Yeah. You know, like, um, and so like, cause there's this, there's this thing that like God will ask you to do these crazy things. And the question is whether or not you're open to it, mm-hmm. you know? So as far as surfing with, um, Missions, like if your thing is surfing, put it on mission. If your thing's riding, put it on mission. Mm-hmm. If your thing is like I was in high jump, if you're a high jumper, put it on mission. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, powerlifting, put it on mission. You know, and so like there's just so many ways that you can use the gifts and talents that God's given you for His glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I think it's so true too because it's just like it is really easy to build it up for ourselves. It's like Mm -hmm. you said, that little surfer village, like it's easy to just get so sucked into that and forget that there's a life and a world beyond that. But correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like the joy that you found in using surfing for something beyond yourself is so much greater. Oh yeah. 
and you still love surfing. You still yeah. get a lot of joy in it, but I the love joy it. you found is so much greater. So talk to the person who doesn't know Jesus. Cause I always try to bring that in cause you never know who's listening, mm-hmm. but like talk to the person who doesn't know Jesus, who's an athlete and who's just really trying to hit the best, the gold standard, giving it all for themselves. Why should they care? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, why should they care about like Jesus? Like, why should they, why care should they about- hear about Jesus? Why should they want to live for anyone other than themselves? Why should they want their performance to not glorify themselves, but to glorify God? Wow. Cause well, I mean, you're going to be dead and gone. How, like what? 60 years. Yeah. What are you working for? You know, it's like, I mean, your glory will only last man a moment. Mm-hmm. Truly. The next day people are going to move on with their lives. And all of your years and years and years and years of hard work, it, it may impact someone like, I want to be like that. But now, now it's going to happen. Now they're going to work really hard and hard and hard and hard for that one moment of glory. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. It will be sweet and oh, it will yeah. be awesome Yeah. in that moment. And then what? Yep. Then what? You know, so like, so that's my thing. Like, Man, like, if if that's really what you want, if that if the glory is all you want, and and the payday is all you want, like I know there's a lot of people that work really hard so they can get scholarships, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Do it, yeah. do it, you know. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, where you have to look at yourself in the mirror, who did you really impact? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so like my and my my thing is when it comes to like, man the gospel, you just have to ask if you died right now, what would happen? Yep. If, if, yeah. Like, like, like you're wrestle not, with that question. You're not guaranteed. Like, you know, like, and I'm, and I mean, I know so many people hate that question, Yep. you know? And like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, I don't know, you know, and like, that's fair, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I think everything, no matter what you believe, there's a faith aspect of it. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you believe that there's nothing, you're believing that you're having faith that there's nothing. Yeah. If you're believing that there is a God and there's a heaven and, there's a, and that there's a hell, you're having faith that these things and like you can make arguments all day on both ends with the apologetics and the hermeneutics and um, the science and the stats and all the fossils and like different re- recordings and met records we have. At the end of the day, it's what do you believe? Mm-hmm. And is it really worth it? You know, and so like, let's say like you just, on the way to the gym, you got in a wreck and you broke your knee and now you're never going to walk the same, let alone, like I was a high jumper, so I could speak to high jumpers, let alone high jump. Now what? Yep. So if you really put all of your eggs in that one little basket, what's it going to be like? Yeah. You know, and so like, and I'm not saying that everyone's going to get injured and break their knee. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> what I'm saying is you might just be climbing the ladder on the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's yeah. so much more sweetness and intimacy and community when you do things for God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's an example. I remember I was in Nicaragua. How'd I get there? I don't know. <laughs> like I was, I was in Nicaragua, like all these crazy things in my life happened. Yeah. And I, like we landed in Costa Rica. We were there for a little bit. Our whole team got sick. And now like we're recovering from sickness. You know, one person's still sick and like I'm so hungry. Like we're we're taking three buses over the course of I think thirteen hours to get from Costa Rica to Nicaragua. Okay. 
and get off the first bus and we're like, okay, like we have to get off our boards onto the second bus, but it's one of those international buses and they don't want to take our boards, you know? And it just, we're, and these boards are for kids. So like one of the things that we do is we bring foam boards to developing nations. We teach the kids there how to surf Hmm. And then we leave the boards behind with them. I love that. Because now these kids have have an outlet. to mm-hmm. They have something to do that's fun, that's healthy, that will keep them off the streets and in the water. Mm-hmm. That's what we love. Mm-hmm. And so here we are trying to get these surfboards to these kids. And this bus driver is telling us no. <laughs> and we're like, see. And he says no. And we're like, see. And he says no. <laughs> Dude. And so finally um, – He's finally, he says yes after a half an hour of arguing with him. Okay. And we like take these boards and we stuff it into the bus and he's like helping us Tetris it, you know, he's helping us now. And he puts the last board in, breaks his back. What? He broke his back and now he's like hunched over like this. True. Wow. Oh like my goodness. In okay. the bay of the bus. Just like where all those luggage are and he's, ah, and all of us looking at him like, oh no. Because he's our drive. One, he's our driver. Two, we probably broke his back. That is you know, wild. or the Lord broke his back. Just saying. <laughs> Just let the bar- let the boards through. It's for the kids in the name of the Lord. So, anyways, so we're sitting there and we're like, "How is this happening?" You know, and so like I was like, "We have to tip him," you know, and so like um, the ambulance. You have to tip him. That's so, like, your response. And all the people, all the people on the bus are like, "What's happening?" Like we've been here for an hour now. Ambulance pulls up. Police show up. They're like, "What's going on?" And so as he goes away, like we hand him this note. We, we had written him a note. It's like, like, thank you for helping us. The surfboards are for the kids. God bless you. And then he put the note in his heart. And he looked at me and he said, thank you in English. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? Wow. New bus driver arrives, doesn't even say anything to us. He just walks in and drives away. And all of a sudden, oh, and so <laughs> now we're driving. And uh, we, we stop. We pull over we're at this gas station. There are these trees with these monkeys throwing mangoes at us. So we take some. I'm, I promise. Like you can't make it up. Like so we're like okay. So we take these mangoes and we're eating these mangoes because we don't have a lot of money. So we're eating these monkey mangoes. And we finally get to Nicaragua, and we're exhausted and it's dark. And we get on this third bus with our contact. His name's JJ. He's a great friend of mine. He pull up to this gas station so he can get gas. And we go, we get snacks and we load the bus up again. We're driving away, but in the same lot, he stops. Like we drove for maybe 10 seconds. He stops before he gets on the main road. He gets out and we're like, what's going on? Okay. Dark parking lot, Nicaragua, giant bus. We don't know what's happening. He brings this guy on the bus, this random dude off the street. And he's like, Hey guys, this is my friend Francisco. And Francisco doesn't speak English. And we're like, okay, hi. Cause we're like, we're mind you, we're hungry. We're tired. We're just yeah. done. And I'm like half asleep. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't want to talk to Francisco. Can we just drop him off and leave? Or can you just go? Like, I'm just like done. Yeah. It's a long day. This is bus number three. This is hour 12. <laughs> like we're starving. It's we're smelly. It's bad. We're sweaty. Hey guys, this is Francisco. Like, um, one of the things that we fight here in Nicaragua is a spirit of religion. Hmm. And that's one of the things that they fight there, um, where churches will take advantage of their people and say like, Hey, you can get baptized if you pay us this amount of money and you take these classes, then you Hmm. can get baptized or get rid of your alcoholism. And then you can say yes to Jesus. It's not how the gospel works. And yet it's happened. So Francisco, he's like, he wants to get baptized. 
you know. Um, but he's struggling because he lost his mom. Wow. Mom just died three months ago. The second JJ says that detail, I'm like, I like shoot up. <laughs> and I just, I don't even know. It was like the spirit in me. I just shot up and I started walking mm-hmm. him. I just met JJ. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. I look at him. I'm like, I need you to translate for me. He's like, okay. And so I just start talking to Francisco and encouraging him. Like, it's going to be okay. I lost my mom. Jesus loves you so much. Mm-hmm. He's holding you. He like he has such a great plan for your life. There's so much healing for you. I pray that that healing starts right now in Jesus' name. Uh, blessed are those who mourn, for they're, they're going to be comforted. Would mm-hmm. you experience the comfort of everybody on this bus right now? Mm-hmm. I got to do that. Wow. From a place of pain in my life, that pain gave me a platform to speak into this man's life. Mm-hmm. I had the authority in that moment mm-hmm. to talk to him. And the spirit's the one that got me up. Like I was like, <laughs> I was asleep. But I remember like we just prayed this blessing over him, blessed mm-hmm. him, sent him on his way, driving away. And I remember just sitting down thinking like, how did that happen? How did I get here? You know, all these moments in my life had led me to this moment where I got to impact somebody else. And now they know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So my answer to all of our friends that are athletes that are just doing it for themselves. Like that's the only reward you're going to get, man. Mm -hmm. There's so much more when you say yes to Jesus. And when you say like, God, all these skills and abilities that you've given me, it's not for my glory. It's for you. And if you get me that scholarship, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. And, and, and if you get me, if I'm going to be an Olympian, thank you, God, you know, but all of it's for your glory. Mm -hmm. And then watch, you're going to see a lot of pressure come off of your shoulders. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of stress leave your life, I promise. So much stress is going to leave your life, pressure off your soul- shoulders. People are going to want to hang out with you more, I promise. <laughs> you know, like, um, and you're going to experience so much sweetness. Yeah. And so many more lives will be impacted because of you now. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. like, and that's just like one little testimony of like all these other moments where I got to speak to people who have either lost their moms or have gotten divorced or mm-hmm. have left their hometowns, like whatever it is. Yeah. God's given me the authority to speak into those mm-hmm. lives Yeah. because of what he's brought me through, not because that I did it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, Hey, God got me through this. He can get yeah. you through it too. Yeah. That's what I love. Like about God so much is he's so intentional with everything. Like Mm -hmm. even your deepest of pains he can use for something so much bigger than you and in ways that you could never imagine or dream of. And I think that that's what I would say to athletes too. It's like Mm -hmm. you are in your sport for a reason. And if you get to compete at the Super Bowl or the Olympics or whatever it is for you, like that is for a reason. And Mm -hmm. God has put you there for a reason to impact specific people that only you could. And like, I know some people who are performing at a very high level and have really great opportunities. And I see some people who are doing it for the glory of God and some who aren't. And it is so beautiful when the, the, just like the highest level performance, this work ethic that is insane that like, but they're doing it not for themselves, not for their own glory, but for God, like something is just so different there. And people see that and it's beautiful. And like you said, like that's a legacy that will last because I also think that there, I know that there is this aspect of we also, like, I believe we store up treasures in heaven Mm -hmm. and there is a life beyond this. And so this life on earth is just a blink of an eye. Like, I love the picture of like, imagine the longest rope you can possibly ever imagine and then see this like little Mm -hmm. marker line on it. 
that is your time on earth. That is it. And yes, that moment for that, you win that Super Bowl, Tom Brady, five Super Bowls, whatever, like awesome. Those were five great moments, but those moments are done. He will never get that again. I mean, who knows? He could come out of retirement, but like regardless, even if he does, like it'll just be one more moment. But then what about in a billion years? What is, what's that going to be? If that's all you ever lived for, that is all you will ever get. Mm -hmm. And that is the reward you will get. And there's something so much more. And I do believe that there are awesome athletes and awesome business owners and awesome doctors and all those things that they do achieve a lot of really great things on earth. And it's beautiful. But when it's done for the glory of God, that impact is so much greater. It is so much better. And then, like you said, there's so much hope because eventually it does end, whether you retire, whether you're injured, whether it's like, okay, I just can't do this anymore. Like in whatever Mm -hmm. avenue of life, you have a hope beyond that. Like this whole book about hope. Mm -hmm. And that's the life message that you feel like you have to call people to. And it's because people need hope. And where's that found? Jesus. Exactly. And that'll change your life forever. When you do everything you can work as it, as if you're working for the Lord. So mm-hmm. shoot for the stars, try to get to the Olympics, try to get to the Super Bowl. try to get drafted to the NBA, like whatever it is for you, do that to the glory of God and work your butt off to do that. But don't do it for yourself because yeah. that will crush you. Like you said, the pressure, it'll get to you, the hopelessness, the loneliness, like it'll just, it'll crush you. But when you live it for something that's a lot bigger than you, there's so much freedom that is found there. Yeah. So also, I think like, even if like if you do, if you're doing something for the glory of God, it also makes you a better teammate. Oh, a hundred percent. Because it does. like, if it's like, man, if you're just in it for you, yeah, you know, and like you forget the people around you, yeah. I think your team will perform like, oh, if you forget the people around you, your team won't perform to the, to the extent that you need them to perform. I mean, you also, you. like you literally see that in athletics too, where people, they want like, Let's say you're playing soccer. You want the goal yourself. You could pass it to someone who's wide and open, Truly, or you yeah. could try to get it. Yeah, like classic, literally, yeah. even just for the benefit of the team yeah, yeah. in that. But yeah, the enjoyment of being around someone who's selfless rather than selfish, like yeah. complete game like, changer. I want that guy on my team. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. good. Yeah, man, Tim. That's so many good things. I always say this, but I feel like we could talk forever. But we're we're getting pretty close to our time. So, if you had one thing that you could say to people about, let's say hope, yeah. what would like talk to people about hope. Yeah. I mean, the Bible is full of stories of moments where people seem to be at their end of their rope or at the end of themselves and God shows up. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I had a, if I had a platform and you gave me like 30 seconds to talk about hope, I'd, I'd say this, like there's always hope mm-hmm. because there's a God who's eternal that loves you. And my, and my thing is like, if people are walking around with no hope that breaks my heart and I want people to desperately know the love of the father. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't know who Jesus is, then I, I, I want you, I want you to know him so bad because there is a love that is greater than anything that you could imagine. And it's ready and available as a gift for you. And that's the thing that like kind of rocks people, especially mm-hmm. in, um, our Western American culture is like, you cannot work for this or earn this. Yeah. There's, there's no possible way that you could earn your way that you could, that you could work really hard, that you could perform. It's none of that. It's all grace. Mm-hmm. And that's something I learned, um, through my life. All these, all these things were like, my mom passed away. My ex left. I moved to Hawaii. Um, I was a missionary. I didn't, ha- I didn't make a paycheck in the most expensive state there is in America. I didn't make a paycheck, you know, and, and here I am living on faith because 
there's a mission that God's given me where people would know Jesus. And when it comes to hope, man, yeah, like I wrote, when I wrote this book, like I, I wrote it so people could have hope. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I wrote it because like any, anybody could read this. Anybody could just pick it up. It's so much more easier to read than the Bible, but there's stories from the Bible in it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just stories from my life, random stories where I'm on rooftops or I'm running away from police or when I'm <laughs> hiding in a dumpster or when like truly like these are all, or when I'm like <laughs> longboarding 20 miles, you know, like, like all these stories are pointing to the same direction that you can always have hope because there is a God that loves you. Yeah. And he calls you son and he calls you daughter. Yeah. And if you just realize that one fact, I mean, in Luke 15, oh my gosh, Luke 15, when I was in the Middle East, this one story came up all the time is the prodigal son. Mm. The story came up just all the time. And then I remember I would tell it to people in their homes and then they never heard it before. So it was as if I was making it up. Mm. It was a story of the lost son. And like there's a son, he spent his father's wealth on wild living, life insurance. You know, he's like, I want your life insurance money before you die. You're dead to me. Mm-hmm. Spends on crazy things. He comes home. He's like, I just go home as a servant. It's all gone. He probably doesn't want me. And yet this father runs to his son when he sees him. Yeah. That's the character of God. Yeah. So if I had, if I had a platform to speak about hope, I would say, man, once you realize two things, who is God? And who does he say that you are? Your it's life all will gonna, never be the same. It'll never make. It'll never be the same, and all of a sudden, everything will make sense. Mm-hmm. Who is God? And who does he say I am? My God, according to Jesus in Luke fifteen, has the characteristics of that of a good father. Mm-hmm. And who does he say that I am? I am a child of the living God. I'm his kid. I was a kid. I'm at the point in my life right now where all my friends are having kids. <laughs> I'm 28. All my friends have babies. Yep. They all have babies. And none of their kids contribute to their household. Mm-hmm. They're just they babies. <laughs> like they just, they eat, they sleep, they poop, they cry. And that's it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> it. They don't contribute. They don't work hard to earn anything. They don't. Yeah. It's just the simple fact that that baby belongs to my friend. It's theirs. And they love them. Mm-hmm. And that is such a simple picture of the love that God has for us. Mm. You know, and so there's so many stories. I could go on forever, but like, <laughs> um, you can always have hope. That's yeah. what I'd say. That's so yeah. good. Dang. Awesome, Tim. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. sharing your story yeah, and for, for just talking about so much hope and just imparting so much wisdom. I know I learned a lot from you. I'm sure so many people will. So I can't wait for people to get this episode awesome. and to hear it. So thanks, Tim. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Light It Up. I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. You can find me on Instagram at lightitup.pod. You can also find these podcasts posted on YouTube where there is a video clip. So you can just search Light It Up Podcast. I also post these on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So be sure to leave a review and let me know what you think. I would also love to hear what you guys want to hear more of. So thank you again for listening faithfully through every episode. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week.